Hello and welcome to the Holograms Media Club. We are Will and Gavin Graham, a couple of cousins that like sci-fi movies, fantasy games, speculative fiction, and other silly things. It's like a book club for the 21st century. Join us in listening to books, watching TV and movies, playing games, then discussing them in as much detail as we see fit. Listen and watch along with us and argue with our thoughts. Or suggest books and join us for a discussion afterward. Grab a blue milk, some Hagra biscuit, and give yourself to the dark side. Welcome to episode 2.1. Well, don't think it's very important why we're at point one, but there you go. Uh, we want to give a spoiler warning. The details will be in the description, but spoiler warning. Today we will be talking in detail about the first half of Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick. Uh, there'll probably be some other spoilers here and there about, but anything major will drop in the description. Um, like Will says, we're a media club, so get in on this. Send us some emails. We'll be on Instagram. All our social stuff will be down in the description. Send us some emails. If you want to be on the cast with us, that would be great. We would love big yeah. audience participation. That would be that would be ideal. Definitely want to make it a community with uh you know involvement from you guys definitely want you guys to probably listen or read the book uh at least the first half is what we're going to be discussing tonight so that would be the best idea if you haven't uh read do androids dream of electric sheep yet go ahead and read that first half we're gonna definitely get into spoilers like gavin said and uh have some fun talking about theories and ideas, predictions for what, you know, to expect, what we are expecting for the second half of the book. And uh, kind of take it from there. We'll definitely make comparisons to other books we're reading. Old Man's War currently, too, so that'll be in a future episode. We'll go over that. But, uh, yeah, come along with us, and we'll talk about Blade Runner and book form. <laughs> yeah, and probably soon enough Blade Runner and movie form. I actually just watched it again this weekend. <laughs> Did yeah, you? <laughs> I got an itch, so yeah. You know you're going to be watching it again in another week I, or that's two. That's <laughs> fine. It's not a movie I get tired of. I don't. Yeah, I don't get tired <laughs> of that movie. Um, I can, it's one of the one of the maybe four or five movies I can watch almost almost once a week with not a problem. I I wouldn't get tired of that movie. I feel like every time you watch it, you see something new. You know, yeah. like look at it a different way especially if you ever get a chance to go back and see it in theaters yeah they have a re-release -re or something like that yeah so cool to go and see you know and big screen yeah totally taking those details you don't yeah. normally i got blaze and i got to go see it last year at a theater down the street from us we got to see that in 2049 within two weeks of each other it was it was really cool it was his first time seeing Blade Runner and my first time seeing it in the movie theater. It was it was fucking rad. <laughs> it was pretty fucking rad. That's cool. It was rad. That's nice. To, uh, he got to see it in theater for yeah, his first time. Yeah, wow. I know, right? Well, he also, that same movie fest, he also got to see Akira. It was the first time he'd seen Akira and the first time I'd seen that on mm. the big screen. And I didn't see 2049. So the first time I saw 2049 was in the movie theater with him seeing it. It was... It was cool. Back when we had movies. We don't have movies anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's something special as a father and son yeah. to get together. Oh, yeah. No, totally. That's our that's our jam is movies. We also got to go see Fury Road, the black and chrome edition, which is an absolute favorite of mine. Um, <laughs> future episode. Future episode. I can talk, go. Talk our ears I off can for go, hours. I can, go, <laughs> I can go days about why that movie is the perfect movie. That was, yeah. No, that was, that was a good movie. Um, 
Uh, so I guess we should mention that if you did follow us on episode one, we discussed our list and why we're doing this, what was the the uh, impetus of doing this. Um, and the format was going to be I was going to give Will a book that I'd read and he was going to give me a book that he'd read and we were going to read half and then discuss half. We've um, we've been doing this so long and the podcast was getting stale. We changed up our format. Um, we're just going to be doing one book at a time. We realized that two books at a time was probably a little ambitious. Um and a much faster rate than I think we wanted to go. I think we want this to be kind of fun and casual more so than trying to bang out a lot of books as fast as possible. And this way we can, we can spend more time on one book and really get more into the nitty gritty rather than have to pound through some stuff. So long time listeners will notice a format yeah. change. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all the way back on episode yeah, one. God, those are the days, man. Jesus. <laughs> well let's get into catching up i mean we've just yeah. been talking for a minute before we started recording mm-hmm. but how have you been doing you know for the, the past couple of weeks we haven't seen each other yeah so. no doing okay um uh nothing major going on i mean other than the world burning around us um nothing really major just working building houses uh i did get a vinyl machine so i can make stickers and t-shirts now um i made some stickers this last weekend and i made a my first shirt i put a goat head in a pentagram on the back of one of my one of my old flannels so that's been the new th- that's been <laughs> the new thing um but that's really it not a lot going on just just working and and doing this i can't think of anything really nothing too exciting this last weekend really was just well, that's pretty around. cool yeah it was nice this last weekend i actually relaxed it was the first weekend i didn't have to work extra hours or anything so it was cool uh, i started playing skyrim again that's the big news I've started Ooh. up a new game of Skyrim. Nice. This time I'm changing it up. I'm going to be a sneaky archer instead of my last build, which was an archer that was sneaky. <laughs> so I'm playing a Khajiit. Uh, I've big got a, changes. I, I had a big changes, right? No, I'm playing a Khajiit this time, and I really am focusing on like total stealth and archery. I haven't even put any any build into uh, – I haven't put any points into like even light armor or one-handed weaponry. It's just archery and just sneak. So I'm going to try to get to mm. where I can just backstab at fucking everybody. Like, so I've heard that's kind of the way to go. If you want it, it, one of my buddies used to play it back in the day and he, he had told me that you can almost go through the whole game without getting any damage taken. Yeah, you can. Uh, there's a couple of different cool ways to play it. I've never played it a really strange. Well, one, one time I did play it. I made it about halfway through before I broke down. I hadn't killed any dragons, so I hadn't actually triggered the main storyline. I was about halfway done with all the little side quests and everything else before I actually, and then I got bored with it and killed the first dragon, but it was really funny (laughs) to get that far and have not done anything at all to the main quest. So that was funny. That's the the best part of that game is going on the side quest. Yeah, totally. It's yeah. If you're a side quest guy, that's or a side quest person. That really is the way to go. So, but yeah, I just started that up. I was sitting around. I haven't had a game in a while. I finished dying light. I finished the old dying light couple months ago maybe a month ago six weeks ago and then uh needed a game didn't have any game in my library that looked interesting i was like fuck it let's just do skyrim again because <laughs> why not <laughs> it's not a bad pick uh, yeah it's too cool to start yeah, fresh yeah, so yeah and i've never played a khajiit so this will be my first time playing a khajiit so that'll be fun maybe mm. or maybe not i don't know so <laughs> But that's it. That's got a whole world of possibility. <laughs> that's right, yeah. So that's my news. I a very, very plain last couple of weeks, really. So 
not much going on. Yesterday, for me, on the opposite side of things, we had a police sting in my neighborhood. Really? <laughs> Actually, it was two days ago. So two days ago on uh, it was a Sunday, my wife went outside just to kind of poke outside, and there were a couple of policemen and police cars. And the one guy had asked her to step back inside kindly. And so she she called down to me. I was downstairs, and I came upstairs, and I wanted to check things out. So yeah. I went out the back back door trying to sneak yeah. out. And I just started to open the door, and there was a policeman right there. And he said, sir, can you please step back inside? Really? So I was like, you don't have to tell me twice. You yeah, know, really? I, I closed the door. <laughs> come back inside and then we're staring outside you know for the next i think it was an hour and a half operation and we found out from another neighbor of ours that they were doing a police thing there had been a shooting in our neighborhood uh <laughs> live in denver we live in a pretty decent you know it seems right. like a we've lived here for three and a half four years never had any issue but you know it can happen anywhere so yeah well that's true there were yeah. police kind of cordoned off like our whole maybe two blocks three blocks it was like 10 houses wow and they ended up catching him on nextdoor.com they ended up posting that uh they had caught him in somebody's carport and he was like under a caravan trying to hide from man them. <laughs> wild so that happened that's fun we were cordoned off in our house for like two <laughs> hours <laughs> that's nuts dude wow yeah do you have any idea any idea what he was like what the what his issue was i mean other than just some nut with the gun well i think he had shot somebody is what apparently happened but i mean like why uh, just random or that nah, i'm not sure about that part right huh. some it could be uh, yeah i don't know gang beef or something like that wild that's just so i'm not coming I'm to visit you sure. anytime soon <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> well and then so then that was sunday today's tuesday yesterday on monday I was riding home on my skateboard from work and I stopped off and there were a couple of cops still on that street. And I thought it was just like, you know, leftover from the sting operation. Come to find out from another neighbor of mine that somebody else had robbed a Boost mobile store what? and ended up at a house right on that same block. <laughs> so like living here for four years, it's been quiet. And then all of a sudden, two days in a row, wow. uh, cops showing up. <laughs> that's nuts dude that's funny yeah so hmm. that's what's been happening nothing else really going on we're still in the middle of moving downstairs right, right. so that's but. funny <laughs> cool <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that's where we're that's what we're both up to Nutty. yeah let's get into to the meat of the episode yeah. here and kind of start off with talking about do androids dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick, mm -hmm. written in 1968. And uh, we're just going to talk about the first 11 chapters. Mm -hmm. So we won't go any further than that. I've never read the whole book, so right. I don't have any knowledge beyond that point you I have. have. So have. <laughs> looking forward to kind of getting into the further discussions of that with you. But for now, we're just going to yeah, stick no, to that. For that yeah. So. And we're uh, in a post-apocalyptic world, the year's 2021, mm -hmm. so it's <laughs> only one year in the future from where we're at. Yeah. Um, and there are policemen that are hunting down androids, trying to retire them. The androids are so good at 
disguising themselves, fitting into society that you can't really tell who they are unless you initiate some sort of test on them. Mm -hmm. So we're following kind of along with the main character and uh, his name's Rick Deckard. And there's lots of really cool, deep ideas that we get into pretty much right off the bat. Yeah. We really... (laughs) it's a... For a, for a 200 page book, Can't wait to discuss. For a 200 page book, there's a lot of shit going on in it. There's a lot of themes and a lot of a lot of underlaying currents in that book. For 200, it's incredible for 200 pages. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And I guess we should mention we're also listening to the book. Uh, yeah, I believe you've read the physical I have. book maybe in the yeah, past. I've, but yeah. then we're we're both listening. We both have jobs, and it's. It's kind of a different, you know, era now with Audible. The way that they read the books, it's it's really gets you into the character mind, and yeah. it, it kind of creates a different platform. Yeah. That you can if you have a you good know, reader, it can be a whole nother, kind of media. If you have a good reader, it can be a whole nother experience. If you have a bad reader, it can be a whole nother experience too. I've there was uh, the old Lord of the Rings books were just a fucking chore to listen to, frankly. Um, we can get into that another day. I've I found some a good version of that finally, but but yeah, the guy. Yeah, you were telling me with sound effects. Yeah, the, like this guy Phil. I'll put a. We'll put a descriptor. It's not easy to find, but if you're internet savvy, you can find copies of these. Um, this guy Phil Degash, I think his name is, went through and actually took music and sound effects from the movies and incorporated it into his reading, and he read it as full characters. So it's it's almost radio drama um but it's mm. phenomenal it is absolutely phenomenal if you're an lotr person then it is absolutely the way to listen to it it is it's really good um but i like the guy that does uh i think his name is brick scott brick what's his name scott mm-hmm. brick scott he's, brick yep. he reads it really well i don't know that i've listened to anything else that he's read but i love the way he reads this he's got this real noir sense like i have a feeling that he probably put on an old tatty brown suit with an old tatty fedora in the radio in the in the recording studio when he read this there's just something so perfect about his voice for this i really i'd like to seek him out and find some other books that he's read and see what else he's done yeah, I definitely have a couple of books I've listened to that he's done right. that I can't wait to recommend for you. Thomas Covenant. Yeah. Oh, that was, uh, yeah, that's on Stephen a, Donaldson. That's on a list. The Gap Cycle, also by him. Right. And I think he read Cloud Atlas and a few other books. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'll have to go back and yeah, see he's... if I can find him on some other stuff. But, yeah. Yeah, and it's the 21st century. Like, you know, I mean, we all drive. We all We all have a commute in some way or another well you don't drive you skateboard because you're smarter than the average you're smarter <laughs> than the average bear um i can't and lucky skateboard. enough to live close to work so. <laughs> well, that's yeah right i can't i've lunchbox and table saws would not be an easy thing to commute with on a skateboard um <laughs> but yeah no but you've got what don't I mean, skate while holding a table saw <laughs> Actually, I don't think that's in the manual. As a matter of fact, I think I might be okay. I don't. I don't think I was specifically told not to do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've all got time and traffic, and we all listen to audiobooks. You know, and reading's fine too. I'm not poo-pooing reading. I mean, certainly we've all read thousands of books in our life, but I tend to make time for audiobooks a lot easier than I tend to make time for reading and that's what it comes down to is making the time and i just don't make the time for that i have other things but i can listen to an audiobook several hours a day so mm-hmm. 
that's what that's what makes us fun yeah and i think also just doing this in a book club fashion instead of just reading it calling you up and kind of talking to you about it real quickly getting on making a podcast about it's going to be fun because we really it's challenged me over the past couple of weeks to actually take notes i have Mm -hmm. like I don't know, eight pages of notes here, you know, chapter breakdowns, and I'm really kind of thinking deeper into theories, ideas, yeah. and the overall themes and, you know, character motivations. Yeah. Also kind of trying to think of where the book's headed, definitely in a different way than normally just reading it, going on to the next book and not yeah. totally processing it. Yeah, so we're kind of having something It's nice on to in kind of get together. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So, with all that so, said, so yeah. we have de- we're in a, we're in San Francisco in 2021. It's post-apocalyptic. Uh, Deckard is a mm-hmm. Blade Runner. He's a bounty hunter for androids or Andes. And I believe in chapter one we meet his wife Erin. Yep. And we do. We also go to, if I remember correctly, we go to the roof in chapter one, or is that chapter two? And meet his neighbor. No, that's chapter Is one. It? Okay. Yeah, we meet his neighbor right off the okay. bat, get into the whole electric animal. Versus live animal uh, thing. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's. And then from there, we meet uh, in chapter two, oh, John, John Isidore. Isidore. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then. And uh, that's where. Uh, chapter three, we go back to Deckard. Chapter two is where we also find Mercer for the first time, right? Yes. Okay. So we've, yeah. we've, and Buster and Buster friendly. friendly. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then chapter three, we're back with Deckard, and he's going to work. I think he's already had the fight with Erin, and he's headed to work, right? Yep. Yeah. We find out he's a bounty hunter okay. for androids, right. and he's kind of ha- hanging out with his boss, finding Brian. out about what's going on Holden. with the yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. And um, finding out about the Nexus Six, the new model mm-hmm. of androids. And then uh, we go into chapter four. We find out that he's been giving us assignment to go hunt down one of these Andes that his previous boss, who got lasered in the spine, yeah. <laughs> um, he was hunting. So now it's on Decker to go find right. six androids that are left. There were originally eight. Now we're down to six because uh, his boss found yeah, two. Holden, yeah, Holden got two and found one, located one, but got lasered by Polyakov. Okay, yeah, that's yeah. right. So, yeah, yeah, he got lasered by the third. So maybe so we're at seven to... still. Yeah. That's right. Um, mm-hmm. And then from there, it goes into chapter five, and we find out that... Uh... Actually, did I skip chapter four? I think chapter four did I talk about? Rachel Rosen. Oh, right, we find Rachel. Yep. Rachel... Mm-hmm. T- and so there's this whole Rachel Tyrell like, in institute... The movie. Uh, right. Uh, okay yeah. see i can't wait to watch That's, the movie yeah. again because it's it's not fresh at all for me so yeah. even the book as i'm reading i can't remember it's, barely it's, anything it's, that's the happened. movie really has very little to do with the book you're not missing much so um and then right. uh we go on to the next chapters we uh go back to john isidore and he's in his apartment he meets up <laughs> with rachel and uh, no, he, then we go back to Deckard. He, He's hunting down some more androids. Isidore, Isidore hooks up with Pris, not Rachel. Eh, she calls herself Rachel at first. Oh, right, 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 right. Yep. Okay, she's not Pris yet. 
Right. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Well, yeah, right at right. the beginning, yep. she's Rachel, right. and then throughout their conversation, then, then she it, turns into then Chris. It, and... Then it changes to Pris, right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Isadora's like, what is going on with this girl, yeah, you know? Right, uh-huh. So we'll go into all of the we'll you know, more that, detail. Right. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah, just in a little bit. But we're just kind of going through the chapters here real, real quick. Uh, but then we go back to Deckard. So it's kind of flashing back and forth between these two main characters. Yeah. And... Uh, Deckard's catching up with Luba Luft, mm-hmm. and she's one of the Andes that he's hunting down. He's given her a test, and <laughs> things get a little interesting there with her. Um, she might stump him, yeah, and stump his Voight-Kampff test. We we and then we end up. We know if I believe we know as the audience that she is, or we're not. We don't know for sure. That's kind of one of the themes in this book is you're never really sure, sure, but we're pretty sure because of Holden's work that she's an android. Okay, mm-hmm. all right, I'm just catching up myself. Okay, okay. Yeah, and and meanwhile, you're almost questioning if Deckard's an Andy. That yeah, that gets throughout into it. because yeah. they make him kind of question his his yeah. self. Yeah. You know, and, and at that point. What's the difference between an android and a human? Where does humanity gets into all of this? The, yeah, that's this yeah. deeper ideas of yeah, what is a where, human? Yeah. What what can what makes somebody alive? Where you does know? Like, yeah yeah where does consciousness the, start? Where does humanity start? That's and that's true for the movie. The movie delves into that, and then twenty forty nine does the same thing. That's one of the big themes in both of those movies: is where does humanity start and where does artificial intelligence stop? And Mm-hmm. Where if you're a human by definition, can you no longer? Is there a place where you can no longer be human? That's one of the larger themes. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, um, from there, I think where do we end up in chapter eleven? And we catch up with Deckard again, and he's he's taken by. We don't know if it's an Andy or if it's a detective back to another police station. Yeah. I think that's the chapter where you start going, wait a minute, yeah. is Deckard, is he a human or what? That's what where it's going yeah. on. You start kind of, lines are starting to get blurred there. Yeah. And like Ra- and, uh, Rachel, when Deckard gave her the test, it turns out she didn't know she was an android. So now you have androids that don't know they're androids, which is a total mind fuck really like <laughs> that's that's where it starts to get fun so yeah i guess chapter 11 is where rosen and garland right that's garland and rosen in the uh, in another police mm-hmm. station and there's sort of a to-do there at the end of that is it rosen or is it Resch? oh Resch. i'm sorry it's Resch. it's Resch. i'm sorry it's Resch. yes it's Resch. Is it rosen in garland the movie, and Resch. Maybe. no i'm just wrong <laughs> no because it's a negative uh, points negative points minus one geek point <laughs> i get a chad point for that no i don't get a chad point that doesn't give me a chad point it gives me one less geek point but yeah rosen i'm thinking rosen it's because it's rosen industries in the book right or the nexus the the creators of that mm-hmm. and that was messing with me when we did we're re-recording this episode that's why we're on episode 2.1 and one of the major mistakes i made was i kept calling it I didn't call it the Tyrell Corporation. In the movie, it's the Tyrell Corporation. And I was calling it something completely different. So, 
whatever. That's not the only reason we're re-recording, but yeah. One universe? Yeah. (laughs) Once you get into a universe and then you're like reading other books at the same time and they're all sci-fi, it's... It messes yeah. with you. <laughs> well, in Blade Runner, especially because it's all about our memories real, like our implanted memories. Are they do they count as real memories? And now I have all these false fucking memories while I'm reading a book about false memories. It's like holy shit. <laughs> so that's why we don't do psychedelics anymore, Starts. kids. <laughs> <laughs> Speak for yourself. Uh, well, yeah, that's, <laughs> I don't. Um, yeah. So okay. So that's yeah. the basic chapter overview. Right. Okay. So before we get into the meat of it, you want to do a little side quest real quick? Yeah. Um, So I have been thinking about introducing any listener to a hobby of mine. And uh, I kind of have talked to you about Marvel Mm -hmm. and my love for Marvel and everything MCU and beyond and how back in the day I used to collect the trading cards, the Marvel trading cards. I was Mm -hmm. really into X-Men and there's a, actually a new set coming out that I wanted to tell people about. If you're interested, there's a anime set. So it's a Marvel anime 2020 is the name of the set. And it was drawn by peach Momoko. And there's over 90 different cards that she's drawn all the original art for really beautiful art of all of these characters in a different style anime style so if you're not somebody that's into marvel and you like anime it's definitely something to check out there's kaiju drawings and mechanized uh drawings of each character so they're interpreted in a different you know kind of fashion and then there's all sorts of cool insert cards with uh little chibi cards and uh like bantu boxes that like where the card opens up Mm. and there's a figure inside of it and that comes out on the 14th of October in 2020. If you're listening to this in the future, it might already <laughs> it might be, be out. But um, it's just something that I'm interested to check out. And I thought, you know, it'd be cool to share with yeah. you guys. And I know that you're kind of into kaiju with yeah. uh, all of the King Kong and Godzilla type yeah, stuff going that's my, on. So yeah. I thought, you know, I'm not really a, I'm not really a comic guy, but I am a kaiju guy. So I could <laughs> see the tie in. I'd be interested in seeing it. I don't know if I'll collect it. I kind of have enough collections, but I'm definitely interested in seeing the art. And one of my kids is a huge Godzilla guy. So huge Godzilla guy. So he may actually get into it if there's a, a thing. So we may we may jump on that. It sounds really it sounds cool. It sounds interesting. I have an appreciation for comics. Yeah. I just they don't do it for me. So I actually, my little one right now has just started the MCU. So he's on. Oh, yeah, really? Atticus has just started the MCU. So he's he's doing sort of an abbreviated run through. He's not running through every single one. He's doing kind of the major ones all the way down. Then he's going to go back and watch them all in. So, yeah. That's too cool. Is he re- like reading the comics? Uh, or just just a total sen- just just a total movies. He's doing the, just the movies all down one at a time. So Blaze did it last summer. I got or earlier this summer. I guess Blaze did every one of them all the way down. And then Atticus, I guess, got really into it. He watched Iron Man the other day, and he was like, "Nope, wait, no, I just want to do it all." So he backed up and started at the beginning. So yeah. <laughs> Nice. So, well, Iron Man is the first. Oh, I guess that's what it was. Like the, yeah, the current. Era. I guess that's yeah. what it was. Is he was he's watched that, and then before watching Iron Man two, he made it about halfway or maybe a quarter of the way through Iron Man two, and went to Blaze and said, "This movie isn't making any sense. I have to watch the one that came before this." And Blaze said, "Well, actually, <laughs> you kind of have to back up a few," <laughs> and then it turned into a thing. So we have a list printed out of all the of all the that is awesome. all the important movies, and then we'll 
would just plop them up on the TV as they need to go. So, yeah, that makes me so happy. Yeah, My wife yeah. and I are doing the same thing. That's cool. <laughs> we're, That's awesome. We're uh, yeah. like ten movies, and we just watched Captain America: Winter Soldier oh, the cool. other night. Nice. So we're doing that exact. Nice. You know, we went back. Right. It's been like I don't know. 15 years or something like that it's since, been going on for like ever maybe not right? 15 but like 12 or 13 it's got to be close to years that. yeah so it's you know going back and watching iron man again it, yeah. it was incredible right just to see there's so many little easter eggs that kevin feige puts into the producer yeah. uh he puts in there that come back even in the last movie that just came out in end right. game where you're just your mind is blown with the amount of material that he had to have in his mind right. for the future. Yeah, that's right. See now, like so. I, I, I really love the idea that they did. What is it like? Twenty five movies or something, right? Is it twenty four or twenty five movies or twenty three or something? It's it whatever well, it is. Maybe, like, yeah. Well, let's that's just crazy. say it's twenty <laughs> movies. Even if it's just twenty movies, I love the idea that there's this huge huge tome of movies and they all tie in sometimes they tie in really major sometimes they tie in very lightly sometimes there's only like one common thread sometimes there's not a common thread until later i absolutely adore that just the size and the scope of this project i think it's fantastic i just wish it was something i was mildly interested in because <laughs> it just i'm just not interested um but I love that they did it. I think it's fantastic that they did it. I'm really, I'm stoked. I wish that, I hope, my 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 truest hope is that someone else will do that, like, and really just go off. Because it, it really is like the old Godzilla movies where they were tied in, not always. Some series aren't connected to other series, but you have some movies that are like five, six, seven movies that all have a common thread through them. And I think that's, I love large art projects like that. I think that's really cool. And just the, the amount of, forethought like you were saying is just incredible and i'm just that mm -hmm. makes me truly happy that somebody's out there doing that and that they've got the movie studios doing that sort of thing and i hope that opens the doors for other things i just hope that i'm interested in one of them one of these days well maybe i can get you turned on to it there's a there's a yeah. podcast that i listen to i would recommend for anybody out there it's the marvel card collectors podcast right. where they go into all of the cards and the art more so not the movies they kind of talk about the movies right and there are actually some cards that uh shadow the movies where there are signatures on the cards from the actors that's cool uh that are really cool and different right. from you know like art uh that's drawn on the card right. type of deal but it's called the marvel card collectors podcast and they they have like 60 episodes out there they have artists that draw for the card uh, sets and they also have like the upper deck presidents and like high up you know like uh people that make decisions on how the deck's going to come out and the type of special insert cards that they put into right. it these guys get all into that so definitely go check that out if you guys are at all interested in that's you know, the cool. marvel trading cards that are coming out so that could be a lot of fun yeah so my side quest is uh, well, it's Godzilla. So the sound designer, there's a Godzilla versus King Kong movie coming out, which it'll be, I think, the third movie in the new Godzilla, um, which are tied together. They're not 28 movies deep. Uh, the sound designer, his name is Junkie XL. Um, his actual name is Tom Hulkenborg. He's a Dutch musician. He's multi-instrumentalist. Um, he does the sound design on shit tons of movies um he did the sound design on 
don't know if you guys heard about this. Uh, there's a movie, a little movie a couple of years ago called Fury Road. I may have mentioned it. Um, he did the sound design on that. <laughs> he's doing the sound design on the new Godzilla movie. Um, he's a huge Godzilla fan. He's been a fan since he was a little kid. Um, and he says, he put this out on his Instagram a couple of weeks ago. Um, uh, he said, on Godzilla versus Kong, I said, I think we need the biggest bass drum on the planet for this score. I know the guy who can build it. What do you think? And apparently the movie studio just said, they said, let's do it. So he said he want a bass drum that was at least eight feet in diameter. And the builder apparently laughed uh, and called him back a little, called, called Junkie back a little while later and uh, said he couldn't do it. Said he can't, is, can we do six foot? And uh, <laughs> this guy, Tom Holkenberg, Junkie, says, uh, uh, why, why can't you do eight? If, like, can you do 10? Let's do 10 feet. I want 10 feet. Like, if you can't do eight, let's go bigger. <laughs> Like, let's go bigger, right? And the maker actually said, no, we can't do it because they don't make a cow big enough to make an eight-foot drum. So <laughs> I think what what I appreciate about that one is that, like, that's, like, you know when Godzilla steps, you're going to feel it, right? Like, you're going to, like, you're going to feel that. But I also absolutely adore, the, the subtext in that is that I adore that there's a drum maker somewhere in Japan right now that will not use artificial cow for a drum. He's like, nope, I can only get the cow this big and that's it. That's all you're, like, I'm not using artificial material to make a drum. I, I just think that that's craftsmanship. I just, I, that's, that's respectable. That's, yeah. I think that's really, that's clearly not the, the main text or the main, the main story there, but that's the sub story. And as a, as a builder, I take pride in my work and I love that there's craftsmanship out there and there's some little Japanese guy out there going, I can't make an eight foot drum cause they don't have an eight foot cow, which somebody out there, please start making eight foot cows. Because if this guy, if you know, <laughs> if you know Fury Road and you know the sound of Fury Road and you know the sound of this other guy and you know, he's got a great YouTube channel and everything else. This is a guy that needs an eight foot bass drum we need to get this guy an eight foot drum so somebody start breeding bigger cows please so but that's my slapping the bass <laughs> that's right yeah so that bass will stay slapped so yeah so that's my little that is too i know cool. it's funny right that's just yeah imagine hearing that that's going to be that's going to be just a hell knowing that that's going to be behind the the yeah, step you know right like that's even if really the movie cool. is mediocre the sound design is going to be phenomenal so like I, yeah so absolutely <laughs> So bringing it back to Japan. Yeah, no, totally. Mm. So that's, that's that cool. I'm looking, I'm looking forward to that. Okay. So, all right. So getting back to electric sheep, Android streaming of electric sheep. It's the first half of the book. What'd you think? Uh, Did you like it? <laughs> gosh, you know, as I was reading it, I had, I had already read old man's war. The first mm. half giving, you know, that is the book that I chose for right. you and reading do Android's dream. I, <laughs> I was just regretting my choice because it, I just gave you such a fluff book, you know, like a an easy read. And not that Androids is hard, a hard read, but there are just so many cool ideas and concepts right off the bat even that yeah. compared to Old Man's War, it's more of just a straight up story. You can mm -hmm. talk about it, and but there's not really more deep details and stuff like that and thoughts. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. I'm really into it. Um, yeah. It's funny. Androids is basically, I think it's like a 208 or a 209, maybe 210 page book. And you could talk for probably four to five hours about it. Like it's like, it's insane. The amount of stuff in it. So it's, I mean, and it's it, an easy read. It's not a difficult read. It's not a dense read. There's just a lot 
of theme in it. There's a lot of there's a lot of um, a lot of subplot, a lot of theme. There's a lot of interesting juxtapositions in it. So yeah, and you can read it and take it at face value mm-hmm. too, and and enjoy the story just for what it's worth. And there's good dialogue and action scenes. It's all really well written, mm-hmm. uh, especially the ideas that you know Philip K. Dick comes up with back in the '60s. It's just amazing to think of all of these type of technology and machines that are kind of here nowadays and, and some of them aren't even here. And to think, you know, that he was thinking the year 2021 that we were going to have all of these things like floating cars and an apocalyptic war, you know, the yeah. post-apocalyptic world. This is actually things that could possibly happen in our timeline, yeah. you know, in our, in our lives. Yeah. There could easily have been a, a nuclear war that, you know, we're mm-hmm. in a post fallout we're in a world of drones and we're not far off from, Mm-mm. you know, I, I think having floating cars or you know, elevators like Futurama. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just go shooting around in tubes. <laughs> yeah, no, but, no um, doubt. And it's just the Android technology. It's all advanced, but it, it all feels very possible. Even the really outrageous, mm-hmm. except for maybe the mood organ that I'm not entirely sold. that That's a thing that we could do, but certainly, well, even that with the virtual reality, yeah, you know that's happening nowadays and haptic suits yeah one you kind of can consider that it could possibly be a thing you know where people get together over the internet he was already predicting that you know people getting together across right the world with the the empathy boxes yeah i just mm -hmm. i think that i think the mood organ is i don't know if it's possible or not but i think clearly it's an analog for drugs or a prescription or otherwise, but I think that that's the mood organ is an analog for that. So I would. Oh, you said mood organ, and I was thinking the empathy. Box. Oh no, the empathy <laughs> box. No, the empathy box is. I mean, more or less, it's Facebook, right? I mean, that's just like or virtual reality. Facebook through virtual reality. I think we're very close to that. Um, maybe not in the exact way that he wrote it, but I think we're already very close to something like that. But the mood organ, the Penfield mood organ, where. I think the book actually opens with that, right? Deckard and Erin mm-hmm. start, the Deckards start with a giant fight and actually talk to each other and say, well, if you do this, I'm going to turn my mood organ so I'm even madder at you and I'm going to say even nastier things at you than I would normally. So, I, But I say, like I say, I think that's an analog for drugs. I think that's an analog for prescription drugs. I don't feel this, so I better take this and, and feel better. So I think that's where that is. The stim. Yeah. Yeah, and, and just being able to wake up, you know, right off the bat. Yeah. And and he can even tell that it's kind of an odd feeling. So definitely that idea of, you know, the taking yeah. your pill in the morning. Yeah. Take the blue or the red. The, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then... um. Yeah, and then, uh, so yeah, so it starts off with the Penfield Mordorgan, and then you find the electric sheep, right? So well, with, we that, upstairs. with that mood organ, it even gets into the idea of controlling somebody else, you know? Like, That's true, too. She's, yeah. She yells at him. She goes, don't you dare touch my dial. And it's just that idea of how how you can control somebody and what you can make them do right. in this world, you know, with with that type of stim yeah no exactly yeah interaction. which i thought was interesting i one of the things that i don't think i thought about the first time i read it but this time it occurred to me that um one of the things that decker does one of the contrasting things he does is he cares very deeply about animals i mean one of his driving forces in the entire story is getting animals there's a lot of keeping up with the joneses is i have to have an animal he starts out with an electric sheep which is a, a huge source of shame 
not just for him, but for everybody on the planet. You're expected to have an animal. It's all tied into mercerism. Mm-hmm. You're expected to have an animal, and you're, there's so so humiliating to have to have an electric animal, but you'd have to have one. Having an electric is better than having none. You'd be shunned for not having an animal. Um, and he cares very deeply about these well, animals. Well, it was even a law. Oh, well, yeah, I guess. Right, yeah. A, why don't, at first, I, I think. think at first it right might after have been the a apocalypse. law. Yeah, I think they, yeah. And then certainly Mercerism says you have to, and you have to, you have to have this so you can feel the empathy towards this. I thought it was interesting that he clearly wants to have this empathy with this animal, but he's got a wife that he has absolutely no empathy for at all. <laughs> Uh, true. Yeah. Like he's like, <laughs> he's just like, I, I can, yeah. I can control yeah. your dial, make just, you happy. Yeah. Just turn on and then turn on the hub, to, the quiet satisfaction of knowing the husband is always right. Turn that on and just, you'll be fine. But now I'm going to go mess with my electric sheep. <laughs> like, and then he goes, dude, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> that's right. Like, and he's so meticulous with his electric sheep. Yes. And making sure to take care of it. Just, you know, just, how the doctor says. Just so and everything else. Yeah. And, <laughs> and yeah. But in, and, he, and his absolute, absolute overwhelming desire to have another real animal. Because I guess he had, he had had a real sheep. I guess he got as a wedding present or something. Um, mm-hmm. And then it, it died. Yeah, yeah. Died it, off. It, and... it died off because that's what sheep do, apparently. Um, <laughs> so yeah it died so he had to get an electric sheep and then there's a whole industry that's built up around replacing electric sheep and repairing them and and everything because mm-hmm. if humanity can make a dollar it will <laughs> um and that's where we get into isidore right isidore is a guy that works for an electric repair company right he comes out and he pretends that your cat is real and he puts your pretend cat in a in a box and walks off very carefully and Isidore actually gets a real cat. Uh, Which I have a question, <laughs> you know, in regards to that part, I was always wondering, like, why do that couple call uh, electric? Vet? Because it's hidden so well that they didn't know it was an electric vet. They just in a panic. Uh, you're, I mean, you got to remember, I mean, when my dog was sick, I'd have gone to anybody that said they were a vet. Right. Like that's, but in this world, the guy and then the, the wife, um, the wife of the cat guy was, you know, he loves his cat more than anything. He's had cats all his life. He's connected to this cat more than anything else. So when that cat was sick, um, the guy was probably in a total and absolute abject panic. Like she said, I can't even tell him that he's dead. I can't even tell him that the cat is dead. Mm -hmm. It'll destroy him. So you could see somebody that just picks up a phone book or whatever the equivalent is and just sees vet because you don't also, because the vets don't, the vets don't have on the side of their truck, you know, Hey, we do electric animals. It's, we take care of animals, nod, nod, wink, wink, know what I mean, know what I mean kind of thing. So I think the guy just called by accident because it was the first vet that he saw. So, because they did, um, Isidore's yeah, boss, more sense. Isidore's boss said, I knew it was going to happen one of these days. So, and it had insurance for that too. Remember, there was a big conversation. Isidore was made to, to um, Isidore. I keep putting more and more syllables in his name. His name's going to have 30, 30, 30 <laughs> syllables. By the time I'm done, I'm going to keep adding more and more syllables. Isidore. Isidore-licious. Isidore-licious, boo. Um, is he adorable? Is he adorable? Actually, he kind of was. In a movie, he was cute. Uh, he's one of the guys from the Newhart show. Hi, I'm Daryl, and this is my brother. Oh, shit. I'm, I'm Larry, and this is my brother, Daryl. This is my other brother, Daryl. Um, 
you'd have to hunt down a video <laughs> clip from that anyway uh that was a riot so anyway i'm getting sidetracked so but yeah so he, he goes okay. and he gets his cat so isidore has to you know make up so they they knew that eventually they were going to get stuck with the real animal and his boss had actually yeah, mentioned w- that he knew it was going to happen and they had insurance just for that event and isidore even says when he's bringing the cat back to the vet he says even though i knew rationally it's faked the sound of a false animal burning out its drive then its power supply turns my stomach in knots so it's it's so realistic it's to him it's burning out its power supply but it actually was a real cat so he's just thinking it's a machine and yeah well, they said they, they mentioned too. They're disguised. Yeah, well, they so mentioned well. they mentioned too that a lot of the machines that when they start breaking down, they actually have a disease circuit that kicks on to make it look like the animal is sick and not just running out of batteries, but actually has something physically wrong with it and shows symptoms like a runny nose or whatever balding spots or whatever it would be. They're actually that much that that they're putting that much time and effort into it. So, so then you're like, you know. If the animals are this realistic, what are the human androids like in now? Yeah. Now we're into the Nexus. Now we're into the six, Nexus. The newest the Nexus Six. Yeah, the big, the big. And I hot shit out. My <laughs> my question. I have two questions. Is why is Deckard still on the planet? And I know it's because of the because his job and his job is the most important thing to him. Which is the reason he wants his job is so that he can buy animals. There's, I mean, and buy an animal and buy animals and keep animals. Um, but I still find it hard to believe that he wouldn't have just left. Maybe my motivations are different than his. But why aren't androids allowed on Earth? I don't remember. Do they mention why it's such a big deal that the androids shouldn't be on Earth? I think I have that as a question written down, too. Um, I don't know where I had it written. Why... I guess the androids are runaways is what I had written. So right. they're tra- basically when you're somebody that's going to the colonies, you're given the gift of an android. Yes. And that android is programmed to your specifications. So it could be a sex bot. It could be, right. you know, uh, somebody that's just crunching numbers all day. It could yeah. be somebody that's a, a maid. They're, I mean, or, they're basically slaves you know, any, no matter what. Yeah. Right. Any amount of possibility. So I was thinking yeah. they're, runaways they're yeah they're trying to leave that planet and that's why they're going back to earth and so they're pretty much they're known as a they're kind of like a they're going in as a sting operation they're a runaway so yes. they're trying to go hunt them yeah. down and bring them back to mars right. or retire they're trying to, well say, they're trying to re- you don't belong yeah. here well that's they're retiring them i mean deckard's not getting them and putting them in handcuffs and taking them home that's not what holden did that's yeah. not what deckard does they go out they kill them they they retire them it's um but that's why i think because if there's too many of them coming back i think there's a sense of they don't even know who's an android or not what happens if they take over because the androids are so clever and crafty right. and making you think that they're human and they have you know a whole police station set up later on yeah um and like you said the androids most of them don't even know it seems like the nexus six they don't know that they're an android. Well, that's part of that's part so, of why the test was given Deckard so much trouble is because they don't have that empathy. It's easy to say, "Oh, well, they're just kind of socially awkward." That's why they don't have that response. 
So I get that. And I understand that. I understand that. And they're, they're, these Andes really did escape from Mars because living on Mars is hell. They're slaves. I mean, they, they really are. Whatever they're programmed to do, they're essentially slaves. They're given as property to other people. They have consciousness. I think they have consciousness enough to be called alive, maybe not human, but certainly alive. Um, and they want to escape that. They don't want to be slaves. I don't. I, I know very few people that actually would desire to be a slave. Like I'm sure my toaster wouldn't want to be a fucking toaster given the opportunity to do something else. <laughs> um, uh, I mean, you can only be so happy cooking pop tarts every day, you know. Like that's just <laughs> so. But if the androids did come back to Earth and overpopulate the Earth. Who cares? There's like, what, a thousand or two thousand people left on the planet? There's virtually nobody left. And you, the people that are left are all diseased and crippled and dying off really rapidly because of all the dust that's everywhere and the, and the, the accumulation of rot and everything else. And if the androids came back and had Earth, what's, why is that a bad thing? I just, I, that's so I the think, part I don't get. I think it goes back to even the time that we're writing this book in the 60s a lot of things were happening with you know segregation mm. and stuff like that racism was kind of prevalent a lot more in the kind u.s <laughs> and you know <laughs> a little bit a little bit you know you're different than me you, right you're uh you're gonna take over my job you're gonna right. you're gonna become the new me and what where does that leave right. me where does that leave sure. humans and i think it even describes the people that are left on Earth at this point, they're not even considered to be human anymore is what I I think it, it says something like, you know, the if you're not somebody that's moved to the colonies, you're you're basically yeah. not part of humanity. Yeah, you're so, yeah, you've, you've been left in behind. my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Those people, they're almost taking on this new persona of a population. They're they're the the regulars, I think they call them if they're not a special or chicken head yeah you know they don't want somebody else coming in and taking over their property or their jobs yeah. so that's kind of where i was thinking right and also they don't really know that they can trust the andes right i, I think that's kind of what i was wondering too you know the andes seem to just want to fit in they every time they come up against one they're just doing their job you know luba loft is the opera singer Right. Yeah. Who is she bothered? She's a great, beautiful singer. That's, yeah. She's actually, you could say that she's actually contributing point? more to society mm -hmm. than Deckard is. Deckard is, he's doing a job that's perceived as important, but Luba is actually contributing to that society in a more realistic way. It could just be that in a book with so many meanings and so much metaphor and so much allegory and so much everything else, that maybe there just isn't a reason that the androids aren't allowed on Earth, except that it's purely a plot device. And that's okay. But you don't like my idea of. Uh... Oh no, I just. I mean, no, no, no. I mean, I like that too. But it could. It could just be that I'm looking for meaning where there just isn't any. But I agree that. Yeah, I mean, certainly, certainly something's up. I just. I think I have to go back and listen to the first couple chapters again. But. Yeah. But that's. You're like those people that are always asking yeah. JRL token. Yeah. What's the whole. Right. You know, the, the, what's the actual idea behind right. the story of the yeah. Lord of the Rings? Right. And he was always like, I, I, there is no right. idea. It's just, I wrote the story. And I think when he was like finally pressed, he said it was a story about death is yeah. what he had said. Yeah. But there's yeah. always somebody that's looking deeper for deeper. There meaning was and... uh, years and years <laughs> and years and years ago, I went to, there was a DC film festival 
and we got tickets to a couple of different shows. And we got a ticket to a movie called um, American Astronaut. It's a little a little movie. It was made by a group of guys called the Billionaire Club. Billionaire Club. Billionaire Club. They're a little musician <laughs> group. I don't know if they're still active or not, but it's it's worth checking the movie out. It's this weird little indie movie. Just bizarre. Just just fucking bizarre. It was shot in a, like a guy's apartment, and the sets were all like painted cloth and stuff. And it was really low budget. It was all black and white, super grainy film. It was interesting because it was just so just just anarchic it was just it was crazy interesting it was good i enjoyed it i thought it was really good but the dude was there to do a q a session afterward and we all watched it and it was just a it was just a goofy movie it was just a movie it was just a guy had a camera and some friends and some film and it was like hey let's make a fucking movie and that's all it was and some guy stood up and he was wearing penny loafers and probably salmon colored pants and he goes excuse me i just i don't really get the point what's it all about and all of us that actually enjoyed it got really quiet and just stared at this guy like it's not about anything, dude. And the movie, the the filmmaker, got really quiet, and he looked at him. He goes, "It's not really about anything, dude." <laughs> it's really funny, and it really was. He was just like, "I just." It was a story I wrote, and we turned it into a movie. Like, what, what, what more does it have to be? Like, it was just really funny. So, but that was just a total aside. But it's called American Astronaut. I think it was on Netflix for a while. It's totally worth checking out if you get a chance. Just weird. Don't expect anything from it. It's just weird. But it was a lot of fun. It was a, a goofy little movie. It's hard to even say. What I mean, it was sometimes about. it's nice to just have that. To oh, totally. Put on, yeah. you know, you don't have to think about anything. Yeah. It's just something to entertain. Absolutely. You, you know, just those popcorn flicks. Totally. It, I wouldn't describe it even as a popcorn flick. I like, yeah, it wasn't like Weekend <laughs> at Bernie's or anything like that. It was just a bizarre little art. It really was an art house film. It was a total art flick, but it didn't have some weird allegory behind it or it wasn't up its own ass and it wasn't pretentious at all. It was just a group of guys that just made this really weird fucking movie. <laughs> but it was just, it was funny. Cause he was just like, ah, it's not about anything. We just made a movie. I, we got absolutely just shit hammered one weekend and made a movie and this is what we made. So, and somehow DC film fest, let us play the movie. So I can accept, I can accept that maybe the androids just aren't there. I just don't know if it, it just surprises me that in a book so detailed that, he didn't actually say this is why the androids are not allowed on the earth. And it could just be that that's it's just what it is. And it's like you say, it's just because they're not supposed to be. And that could be well enough. So. Yeah. Fine. And part of that is too that's, like makes you think he wanted us to have this conversation. He wants people to kind of yeah. interpret their own ideas. And what do you think could have, why are the androids, you know, why do people hate them so much? Why are they, why is there somebody that's making a thousand dollars for every kill yeah. they get? No, you know, totally. Yeah. Especially because of, you have to imagine it's not super cheap to create these Andes. No. It's got to cost something, you know, you think that they yeah. could reprogram them, capture them. And, but I guess that they're so individual yeah, and they're so human like that. You can't really do that. I think once they're created, doesn't yeah. get into any of that but that's the, the I get beauty to, of it you know you have to yeah. think about that yourself maybe in the second half it does but i get the sense i get the sense that it's um yeah once you're programmed you're programmed and that's what it is you get one shot when you're born you just you get your you get your stuff which actually thinking yeah. about it old man's war had a very similar sort of thing right that was in the and won't get too far into it at all because we're going to address it bigger but there was sort of that kind of programming your old at birth sort of thing and 
I don't think it was influenced by or anything so much as that, but there was a bit of that in there just thinking about it. Cause I had just finished that book. So we'll get yeah. into that. Another, that's another episode, but, but yeah. So, also just yeah. some of the world building that he does, um, with j- yeah. different abbreviations and words. Uh, you know, he has apps mm-hmm. or apartments, the papes or the paper, yep. Stim is the brain stim that they use for uh, mm-hmm. on the empathy machine. Andy is an android. You have the specials, uh, which are people that are not able to pass like a normal IQ mm-hmm. test. Um, the mercerism. Um, you also have the onion skin papers that the uh, yeah. detectives are looking through. Yeah. Uh, Kipple, which is the radioactive dust everywhere. Mm-hmm. The poop sheet, which is like the info about androids. Uh, and the radio proof lead cog piece, which is yeah. like their outfit that they wear. Yeah. So like all of these cool little vocab words that are pretty easy to pick up yeah. on. And it really just immerses you into the world. And uh, I guess when I'm picturing the world, I'm, I picture a very dusty rundown, uh, San Diego, San Francisco, um, where there's really not much color. I think they even mentioned that you can only go out, like there's a, a weather report and he's like, yeah. you know, if you're going out at this time of day, be careful, you yeah. know, type of thing. So what I picture is this really detailed world with dust everywhere. and the, the But the people that are in it, I guess, are, are kind of creating the stories. You have... You almost have silence as a character because yeah. silence mm-hmm. is overtaking everything. Yeah, um, and that that's why people hack in or not hack in, but like uh, go into the empathy box to share yeah. this shared experience. It's kind of like a religion. I think you had uh, hinted me on to yeah. that that when they're climbing up, they they log into this empathy box. They're in a virtual reality where they they're ascending a brown barren landscape and they're they're constantly following somebody who's being reincarnated and it's kind of like i think you were telling me that it's a mixture of all of the past religions on earth i i think so that was a really really cool idea yeah i'm not positive that that's exactly what uh dick was going for but i think that like well you have mercer apparently had washed up on a in a basket on a shore which is moses um You've got him climbing up a hill continually, which is Sisyphus. Uh, that was a, that's why you say Sisyphean task on a really big task, because Sisyphus was made to climb a mountain every day, push a boulder to the top of a mountain. At the end of the day, it would roll back down. He'd have to do it again. That was a punishment from the gods. Huh. Um, so that's Mercer is continually walking up this hill and having rocks and shit hooked at him, and and there's adversaries on both sides of him that manifest into real physical pain and damage to to people. Uh, Mercer's walking up and down a hill uh, like Sisyphus uh, and Sisyphean tasks. Um, uh, Isidore got hit by a rock and it manifested itself in real life, which is an interesting thing for a virtual reality machine, which I don't know if the empathy box is a virtual reality machine, but I think we can use that language because that's language that we can we can understand that box you're holding handles and you go into it that way. But I think, yeah, the, so the, the empathy box I think is a really interesting thing too, because like you say, the silence is a character, the silence is overwhelming on this planet and in this world now. 
and there's no one left. Everybody's left to the earth, but you can grab the Mercer box. You can grab the empathy box. There's literally two handles on it and be engaged with literally everyone else that's doing that. That's not just on earth. That's all the people that are on Mars. Also, you're, you're part of that. You're part of them and you're feeling their emotions and they're feeling your emotions is a direct connect, which is a really interesting thing to think about. So, yeah, it makes you think kind of like a, it, it parallels social media nowadays where you were kind of saying like it's your Facebook is, you know, you wake up, you check all of your social medias. You, you actually feel kind of a nice high if you get a notification or if you get a text message or right. an alert on your phone. It's that next bit of digital you know, download that you need. Yeah. And it's like, totally. It's, you get a, yeah. It's just nonstop all over the you place. Get that. And so that same, well, you idea. do, you get a little shot of, you get a little shot of, I don't know if it's endorphin or serotonin or whatever, but you get one of the little happy drugs from your brain. Every time you get a Facebook notification, which it's probably a good time to mention, go ahead and email us, go ahead and hit us up on our socials. The links will be in the description. Go ahead and hit us up with that. Give us some of that serotonin. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful endorphin. Totally. Tell us what you think and, and get in on the conversation. Like do that, do, do that as a thing, please. I I need some more serotonin in my life. I think we all do, but Yeah. yeah, no, that aside there's, yeah, no, it's a real, it's, it really is. And there wasn't an analog for that back in 68. It wasn't like, there wasn't a, an analog version of Facebook. There was nothing like that. So I don't know if I would go so far as to say Dick predicted this, but he certainly did call it whether he meant to or not. It really, it really is a very similar experience. And it's, it's yeah. interesting. Like I, I hate Facebook. I, I don't like that I'm on Facebook, but there's people that I'm in contact with that I simply would not be in contact with anymore. There's a couple friends from high school that are very close to your friends that live all over the country. And I would not be in touch with them if it wasn't for Facebook and I can, I can visit with them every day and it's, it's really cool. So it's, it's creepily, creepily similar. Yeah. It now, drives out the silence with virtual rocks. Yeah. It drives out <laughs> the silence and gives you something to do when you're pooping. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> <laughs> so but it, it's it is interesting it's it is interesting that it really it it really is an analog for for facebook and insta and snapchat and all that stuff it's really oh we don't have a snapchat that's one thing i didn't sign us up for i gotta sign us up well we don't need a snapchat, snapchat coming eh, maybe we will maybe, maybe we won't eh, keep you guys on the edge not. of your seat on that one <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> all of our 10 listeners <laughs> that's right yeah that's right yeah we love each and um, every one of you dearly absolutely dearly <laughs> you're all my favorite um so yeah so what else should we hit on on this in the first go ahead well the juxtaposition of mercerism verse uh whatever buster friendly's preaching so then yeah so you have this radio I'd personality yeah where uh you know people connect yeah. on to their i think they watch them on tv it's like the only yeah. tv station that's left that the government kind of made was like a public broadcasting yeah so like i think was, i think they said it was like a like on a 
Yeah, if I remember right, it was like one of the only free channels mm -hmm. that was there. It was mandated by the government. And there's some other channels you can get if you sign up. Basically, you get cable packages or something. I guess you can still do, but I think it's like the only free channel left is the Buster Friendly channel. Yeah, and it goes for like 23 hours a day, right? Like it's just, and it's the one dude, and it's nonstop. So he's just, I mean, railing lines to stay awake or something. But <laughs> well, uh, Isidore, yeah, so <laughs> Isidore has some insight on him. You know, he. He even yes. thinks, especially for somebody that's a special, I, I had written down in my notes, Isidore Insight, just like in capital letters. Yeah. And there's multiple pages that I have that written down on where he's, he always just has in the back of his mind, he's the one that connects Mercerism with Buster Friendly's preaching and where Buster's kind of the opposite of Mercerism, where he, he actually makes fun of the whole, yeah. um, that whole merc like the the what is it the virtual reality where he's like if you if you if i had to go yeah. there I'd, I'd need a six pack of beers to get me through and so right. i don't know where i was going with that but uh <laughs> yeah mercerism i don't yeah and we were talking about mercerism being a religion earlier i think mercerism is more of a cult than a religion i think it's probably not like actually like a real religion but it's it's definitely a cult it's achieved a cult status people I know that mercerism is the reason that you have animals and that you have to have this empathy with all these other people. And I don't think Buster Friendly has a similar thing, right? I mean, he's a television personality. That's where I was going. It's, because yeah. you said he was up for 23 hours. He, like, broadcasts his program for 23 hours a day, one hour break. Yeah. Is he an Andy? He must be because who – what other – there's no way a human can – do such a thing it could be it could be an andy he could be an artificial intelligence it could be a, a, a sort of a max headroom kind of thing sort of a, a programmed a, a computer program that looks like a that interacts like a human it could be a lot of different things we don't know yet um maybe we won't know i don't know maybe it's, it's like that's another cool thing about this book is what's important and what isn't there's you know and i don't think there's a lot of Chekhov's guns in this book i think there's a lot of stuff that it's there for a reason. Um, but it'd be interesting to see where that goes and where that, and like you say, there's a, there's a definite fight between Buster and Mercer mm -hmm. and it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to see where that goes. Yeah. That's what I kind of am curious to see. I think that kind of plays into where Deckard is right now in chapter 11. He is really questioning. There's times where he's questioning, am I a human? He doesn't actually yeah. come out and say that, but you can tell that he's curious. Oh yeah, yeah. He's with the, the, what with the conversation that's going on in his brain. Yeah. He's like, oh shit, am I, am I a human? Am I an android? Yeah, and it's right. going back and forth. Well, and the and the other the other Blade Runner, the other the other investigator, he's he's worried that he is and he's talking about like having to jump off a building if he's an android. Like, and there's and you can see that Deckard has got that same holy shit, what are the implications of this? If he is, why can't I be? Like, what? I don't think I am, but Rachel didn't think she was either. Like, there's a lot of... That's a, that's actually a bit of horror as well. Like, mm -hmm. I, I mean, some, some of us maybe have had an experience or two in our past that makes us feel like maybe we're not who we thought we were or whatever, and it can be really traumatic. Um, but that's that's a moment of horror too. It's like, oh man, maybe everything that I know and love really isn't real. That's I mean, that's some existential shit dread right there, is what that is. So yeah, no, and Deckard is definitely going through that in that part of the book. He's definitely questioning 
whether it's real, whether he's real, whether, you know, what, what are his actual motivations or his motivations, his, or his motivations programmed into him for someone else. There's a lot just in that one chapter. There's a lot of that that goes on. Mm -hmm. And it comes back to the title of the book. Do androids dream of electric sheep? Does an Andy actually have this dream of owning an animal? Is that something that, Deckard obviously has this dream of owning an animal. He every chance that he gets, mm-hmm. he's checking, you know the uh, the Aussies for prices. He's calling up pet yeah. stores. So yeah, right, yeah. Is there? It does in this world is an android dreaming of owning right. an electric sheep, which makes him human. You know, right. like yeah. Where it's, is that yeah. line? What makes you human? Is it a the fact that you have a heartbeat is it the fact that you can think it, i think therefore i am yeah is it consciousness is it is it empathy is the difference empathy are you alive mm-hmm. if you don't have empathy but now all of a sudden you're human because you can feel something for someone else i think it, that's you, what he's you, pointing do you, at do you cease to be do you cease to be human if you no longer care about other people is that is that the end of humanity that's yeah and he goes into that thought with spiders and meat eaters you know Mm -hmm. if if you're a a carnivore you can't have the empathy gene because it basically you're not going to be able to make it in the world if you have the empathy gene you're going to fear for your prey and so he talks about you know the strength of a herd animal whereas a human also is an omnivore and you have strength in that herd whereas an andy that's where it shows up in the Voight contest. They don't have that empathy. They don't, right. they don't have that same, and it's a split second, you know, where they still yeah. try to trick you. They, they think that they do. And that's why they don't even know that they're an Andy because right. in their mind, that splits split of a second. That's nothing to them. You know, they still have that reaction, but that's what the Voight comp test is there for. So that's what the, that's what the test. Yeah. It's crazy. So, it's interesting. Yeah. It's, well, it's also it's also interesting that the Rosen Corporation, well, Tyrell in the in the movie, but the Rosen Corporation is trying to make androids that are more and more and more perfect that can pass these tests. And I just what what are their motivations for doing that? Other than maybe that just goes back to the craftsmanship. Maybe we need to talk to the guy that's going to make the eight foot cow. It's not about <laughs> why you should do it. It's just can I do it? Can I make this android that is the perfect human? What's what is the motivation of the Rosen Corporation to do that? Or the Rosen, what is it, the Rosen Industries or whatever it is? But why, mm-hmm. why, why would they do that? What, what is their motivation? If they're really just tasked with giving out androids to people moving to Mars to have a servant or as a, as a prize, hey, look, we'll give you this android to do your dirty work for you, your butler. What's the point in making them ultra human, more human than he, which actually there's another one. I forgot all about this. The white zombies, is it white zombie or Rob zombie more human than human? Uh, I can't remember which, but that is, is it, I think that's Rob zombie, not white zombie. Yeah. I was going to say Rob, but I can't remember, but it's at any rate, that is a song. That song is based on this book. Oh, really? Because yeah, Uh. no, it totally is. And I forgot to mention that in episode actual two, but now we're in episode 2.1 homework, man. I got to go listen to that. Yeah. It's time to, well, you should like, you should, you should listen every day. You should listen to the talking heads 
every day you should listen to a little bit of Rob Zombie and every day you should listen to a little bit of Black Sabbath. That'll just, that makes the world perfect. But the, the key there is the talking heads. You need more talking heads in your life. Everybody needs to listen to more talking heads. Favorite and song? This has nothing to do with anything, but I, I just got all of them. <laughs> anything. Anything by the talking heads is good. I just got back into soul coughing. It has nothing to do with anything. But oh man, back into bringing it back. I know, right? I know, dude. I know. It's funny. I was at work the other day and circles came in my head and I thought, where the hell did that come from? I couldn't even remember what album it was. I couldn't remember what band it was. And then, uh, and then my brain was like, El Oso, dude, it's El Oso. And I was like, what the hell does that mean? So I Googled it and I was like, oh, fucking soul coughing, right? So that's on Chasing Amy, on I think, right? Coughing. The movie Chasing I, Amy I don't by know. I don't remember. Silent Bob. <laughs> yeah. Kevin Smith, back when Kevin yeah. Smith could make a movie. I'm pretty um, sure ooh. it's in it's in that movie. <laughs> it, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't surprise me. But yeah, no, so I've been on this big soul coughing kick for the last two days. <laughs> That's, that has nothing to do with anything. But Rob Zombie, the more human than human, he wrote it either way. I don't know if it was White, White Zombie or Rob Zombie, but whatever. Um, that was That is a direct about this book. So wow, that's, that's cool. I'm going to go listen yeah. to that like right now. Oh, I know, right? Like, yeah. That's, <laughs> what's a good commute song? If you're doing a downhill on your board, it's a good, mm. it's a good song to listen to going downhill fast. So, but yeah, so. Give me the speed, baby. That's it. Just downhill as fast as you can go. <laughs> One kind of interesting thing. They're flying cars. In the movie, it really goes uh -huh. into like the whole technology and stuff. At one point, he flies from San Francisco to Seattle in a flying yeah. car. Uh-huh. And it doesn't mention anything like in the book like oh it took him this long, he was taking a nap, he you know put it into autopilot mode. I just thought that was kind of cool that he just glides right over that, but it it's a yeah. thing that happens. There are flying cars. There's there flying are cars. laser they, guns. They, <laughs> yeah. There's laser Yeah, there's laser guns. They just oh that's a thing. Laser guns. They all have laser tubes. That's a thing. You can just get a laser tube and just laser, dude. You can do that. <laughs> I like that. And you can. You can, you can fly from Seattle to, to – um, you can fly from San Francisco to Seattle and not have to say it took four days or three days or whatever. I mean, it was mm -hmm. a quick trip, presumably. Like, I mean, I, you get the sense that it was like maybe an hour, but it was a totally doable commute. It wasn't like you had to gear up and go to Wawa first and like really load up on sodas and, you know, <laughs> Slim Jims. Takis and yeah, Slim Jims and Takis and shit like that. You know, you just hop in your car and you go. So presumably it goes pretty quick. Although I guess there's no road, so it's a straight line at any rate. And there's probably no traffic because there's nobody left. But true. Yeah, no, they just say, oh, you just, yeah, it's just a thing you do. You can get in your car and you go to Seattle for the day yeah that's, i can't wait to watch the movie yeah. to see that difference because i know it really does show like the neon lights and the the population it seems much more like a popular it's, it's pop, very over, populist yeah. world yes. I, I don't know what the word is populist <laughs> that's not the right Popu word no not populist no populated overpopulated overpopulated very uh, yeah very dense population you get that feeling that the, the, the noodle yeah. bars and all that type of stuff it's yeah it's definitely the beginning of cyberpunk maybe it, oh for sure kind of oh absolutely oh no absolutely yeah it was either that or akira it was between blade runner and akira was the birth of when you hear the word cyberpunk that vision in your head is directly from blade runner and akira that was that was mm. the birth and unfortunately we kind of got stuck right there nobody went and said oh yeah also this can happen they just said oh cool neon lights and rain okay cool until 2049 2049 came out and they actually went with it and you can see a lot of the desolation in 2049 um 
there's when they when they get to Vegas, when Kay finds um, when Kay finds Deckard, as a matter of fact, in Vegas, everything's very brown and washed out and everything's dusty and dry. And it's not just rains and really crowded noodle bars and shit like that. They actually and then there's a scene in a junkyard that's just absolutely like just completely it's just rust it's just cars that just fall apart if you look at them so they really kind of took that aesthetic and said well what will happen in a few more years and and went with that but yeah blade runner really is the it is the birth of cyberpunk it is the birth Mm. of that of of the genre and of that aesthetic so that was yeah that was absolutely blade runner and akira between the two of them that's cool i can't wait to go and watch blade runner that's going to be my next as soon as I finish the book, yeah. I can't wait to, to do that and just yeah. compare. It's good. It's one. I've seen one it already, thing, but it's, it's been a while. Well, so, sure. Yeah. yeah, no, it's been, yeah. Um, one thing that I do like is a totally different story. They have a lot of the same characters and generally you've got Deckard going around trying to retire androids or replicants in the movie, but it, um, not a lot of similarity. One thing that does come through a lot more in the movie than the book is the, um, is the financial disparity. The rich are very, very rich. The Tyrell Corporation is insanely rich and everybody else is insanely dirt poor. You have two levels. You have, you're either rich or you're just living off waste. And that is in the book. They, I mean, they mentioned that like the Tyrell Corporation has this incredible owl that costs probably hundreds of thousands of dollars to create. Um, and the lie that it's real and everything. So you get the sense or the Rosen foundation. Um, so you get the sense that they're ultra rich and you get the sense that everybody else like Isidore is not raking it in. He's got a place because he lives in an abandoned apartment building. He's the only guy that lives in his apartment building. And it's, shit's just abandoned. So you have that income disparity there, but it's a lot more, you see it a lot more in the movie. It's a lot more obvious in the movie that comes through a lot more than than dick was able to say or maybe he didn't even want to talk about it in the book i'm not sure but it's clearly it was there in the book that comes through in the movie a lot more was it still a great movie ridley scott movie movie. ridley scott did it he yeah um actually ridley scott ties into dune ridley scott was asked to do dune and he said no that he was going to do something else and then there was a bunch of stuff and then he ended up um he ended up doing blade runner and that was yeah so that was that was a ridley scott movie yeah that was hmm. yeah so great imagination to take that. the words in that book and be able to translate it into what we see in the movie right. you know it's yeah like you said yeah. the beginning of cyberpunk that's it's it's the beginning of cool. cyberpunk. And ridley scott ridley <laughs> wow. ridley scott you can say what you will about ridley scott i i mean he ruined aliens the last two movies absolutely just ruined aliens but he can build a world he absolutely he can build a world but it gets weirder too because so Ridley Scott was going to do Dune and he didn't Lynch ended up doing Dune for better or for worse whatever um and then uh uh Villeneuve is now doing the new Dune Villeneuve who did Villeneuve Denny Villeneuve is the guy that's doing the new Dune he's the guy that did Blade Runner 2049 oh that's right you told me that <laughs> That yeah. is crazy. So you've got there's like just this total weird little thing. So there's a segue into we just learned this week. I guess that's about it for do Android stream of electric sheep. But we'll yeah, use that as one. a segue into just mm-hmm. for part one. Um segue into the bad news that Dune has been postponed for a year. We have to wait till October twenty twenty one. Um 
It sucks, but we need it to do good so we can get the second half. Like they've only filmed the one half. So we need a we need it to do well in the theater. It can't just do well over streaming or something like that. It's got to do well in the theater. A lot of people have to go see it. They got to make money on it. They got to see that it's worth doing the second half. Villeneuve is a huge Dune fan. He's wanted to do Dune since he was a little kid and saw Lynch's version. Not that he was shitting on Lynch's version, but he said, "Man, this is we can do this. This is a thing I want to do. This it's a dream project for him his whole life, and I believe in him. I I think that." If anybody can do it, I think he can do it. I've actually got a lot of Villeneuve's movies um, in my queue ready to go. I'm going to watch a, a few this next couple of weeks and get get more of his stuff under my belt. But but yeah, so we're all hoping. And, and maybe it's not bad. And it's actually interesting in the book. I, you've not done Dune, is that correct? You have not read Dune not yet? Not yet, unfortunately. I, okay. Yeah, I need okay. to. <laughs> okay, well, you, you got a year, so don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but there is actually in the in the in the book at about the halfway point there's a 3 year span there's actually a jump in the book where they they actually jump forward in time 3 years and that's about where this movie ends is right there so maybe that year will actually be nice the actors will be older by a year and and maybe that that jump ahead will actually work for the benefit of it so oh that's cool and i know warner brothers yeah. is pretty serious about it because they they're putting it into that joker time slot where Joker yeah. won Oscars and stuff like that. So they're, I mean, maybe yeah, it's an Oscar you, you potential. It, so they, they're they thinking fantastic good things. Fantastic if it was. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Uh, I mean, I, if, if he does a good job, I don't see why it wouldn't win something or at least get praise, but yeah, putting it in that late slot, we had it, it was going to be mid December of this year and they bumped it up to October of next year. Hmm. Um, but they're bumping a bunch of shit. There's another Batman movie, I guess, coming out. Mm-hmm. And they bump that up till next year or the following year, even. I think it might even be the following, Batman. or no? They're I think they but they they put it in between like two Marvel movies in twenty twenty one. I think it was. I can't okay. remember the month. I, I'm sure it's all going to change Something. again just because of the you know the, yeah, the whole COVID I, yeah. situation. We'll see what happens. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But we can get into Batman one of these days too. But I got feelings about Batman. <laughs> I think I think Batman is a rotten person and a rotten character. I think Batman is the cause of all the problems in Gotham. Oh wow. I think. Yeah, we can get into that next time. I'll go off on a little mini rant about Batman later. But yeah, I think it's I can't capitalism wait. <laughs> unchecked. So <laughs> So talking about talking about movies and streaming movies and streaming movies doing well, homework a couple of weeks ago was the new Bill and Ted. That's right. And I did my I homework, under- Mr. Teacher. I understand you did your homework. That's yes. right. Yes. So my what, wife and I think? we watched it together and it was pretty awesome actually. Right? It the you know, spoiler alert for anybody that's listening. If you haven't watched yeah, Bill and don't, Ted, yeah, yeah. don't listen anymore right. or skip ahead like a minute or two. Skip ahead, yeah. But, uh, Go watch the movie and then come back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right. I think that, like you said, um, the acting was really, really great. Alex Winter nailed it, dude. Yeah. You can tell that he went back to school. Oh, yeah. And trained for yeah. this. When they're interacting with themselves... And like, especially when it gets to like their uh, Keanu's like the bodybuilder, or they're both bodybuilders, and they're, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Every single time they talk to themselves, it's just a, a riot. Um, and that yeah. actual story was pretty cool. I like how they involve both of their daughters 
into uh-huh. it and yeah especially um bill's daughter i thought she did a really really good job of like his mannerisms yeah. and the way that like his body yeah. would move and uh-huh. bump back and like you could tell yeah. like she would fling her hair like in a certain way and stuff she definitely yeah. nailed it <laughs> and yeah no they did cool. a great great job cool that like all yeah. of the same actors came back like death was there <laughs> death death came back that was pretty rad that was yeah that was cool that he came back i loved it. i thought it was great i like the first movie are they good movies or is it good yeah are they is it good cinema no but it never was gonna be right i mean the first two movies weren't but they were fun totally right? I mean, dude fun <laughs> that was totally right and it was and it kept that like i was worried i was worried that they were going to screw it all up that it was going to be a bunch of retired actors trying to cash in on something at the last minute and it wasn't that it was actors coming back to reprise roles because they enjoyed doing those roles i really believe that everybody came back because they wanted to to continue to tell the story um i had a friend that said he was worried because he loved the movies but after watching this he felt loved he felt like huh. they appreciated the fans. And that's all he had to say about it. He's like, you just go watch it yourself. But I felt respected and I felt loved afterward. I felt like it was it was a gift to the fans. And I think they did a great job. And it was a ton of fun. And it was, yeah. It was, it was just goofy seems like and a, it didn't, yeah. He seems like a good dude, right? Like, yeah. For somebody well, I mean, that's so is, famous. Right? Yeah, like... that's, yeah. No, well, he is. I mean, he's a solid, solid dude. He's a solid human. He still takes the trains and, and shit like that. He like on a, there's a story about him in the matrix. He bought, I guess he's got a motorcycle company, right? That's what's one of the things he does is makes motorcycles. All the stuntmen in one of the matrix movies all got one of his motorcycles. He just came in and just gave everybody a motorcycle. He's just like, you get a motorcycle and you get a motorcycle. <laughs> and he gives out like tons of money. And he's just, he's a, he's a solid, solid dude. He's a really good. And he just, he gets, really he really good. immerses he's had a lot himself of heart into the role. Yeah. Yeah, totally. He's, uh, although you could, I've, I've seen people say that he does that because he's sort of blank. He's so blank that you can put yourself in his position. So, but <laughs> if you do go back, one of, one of the earliest counter movies, he was in was called dangerous liaisons. It goes back a long, long time. And it's about, um, I guess it's, I haven't seen it in probably 20 or maybe 30 years. (laughs) Um, dating you a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's gotta be well shit. Probably 30 years anyways. Yeah. So, um, it, it happens way in a long time ago where everybody had like powdered wigs and shit like that. And it was all about people going around and just having sex with other people and screwing each other over. But he's in that. And it's before Bill and Ted, but he's Ted. <laughs> in, in Renaissance France, he's walking around with a powdered wig going, dude, <laughs> it's just really funny. It's, it's a movie worth watching if you're into that sort of thing. It's a good period piece. It's a good, it's a good period piece if you want to watch it. But he was very... He was very Bill in that, or Ted. He was very Ted in that. But yeah, the new Bill and Ted, totally worth watching, right? Totally fun. Definitely. Music was decent. Decent. Death, the whole thing with death was really funny. Yeah. Missy still getting passed around is just hysterical, (laughs) right? Like that's, yeah. And Alex Winter. definitely makes you want to go. something for that. He he did it. Yeah. And especially if you haven't watched the uh, last two movies, it it makes you want to go back and watch those again, too. 
Totally. Absolutely. Like shit, you know, that's, I gotta, yeah. It's one of those things you just watch every couple of years just cause they're just, they're fun. They're positive movies. They're just good, fun, mm-hmm. positive movies. Yeah. It's kind of what we need yeah, like was, right now too. It's, it's like a perfect yeah. time for it. So exactly. Yeah. Just nice. Yeah. Nothing fun. Good, good, wholesome fun. Good, wholesome mm-hmm. fun. That was, yeah. When they started, when they, when they came out with like the theremin and shit at the wedding thing and started doing like throat singing and shit that was a fucking riot that was so funny that was just it was like oh i was my practicing God. my throat He's singing fucking... the other day Were you... yeah <laughs> getting in the bass like trying to that's funny it's like i tried to do that I'm i actually tried to on one of my one of my commutes i decided in the morning i'm gonna try to see if i could do it but i can never i could never get the sound it just made me cough a lot on the way to work, so I quit. I should pick it back up. <laughs> I was coughing too. <laughs> That's oh, funny. Man. That's funny. Uh, insert everybody, everybody sample should, throat singing everybody. here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Don't take so that So what else? Is that way. it? I think that. Yeah, well, eh, whatever. Insert about into it. The throat singing. So we talked to, oh, oh, Neutron. There's a Neutron coming out. There's a Tron 3 coming out. So pretty soon everybody's homework is going to be watching Tron 1 and Tron 2, which I'm a big fan of the old Tron and the new Tron, Tron, I don't even remember what it was called, Legacy or something. Um, something like that, yeah. Yeah, that was good. That's cool. Daft Punk, Daft Punk did the sound for the second. They did all the soundtrack for the second Tron movie. That was really good if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah, you were telling me about um, that. I need to yeah, check that out. Dude, yeah. It doesn't sound like regular Daft Punk. I mean, it's definitely movie score, hmm. but it's really good. It's not something I'd listen to. It's not French house, but it's it's definitely they did a really good job with it. Hmm. Um I do like Daft Punk, I will admit. Oh, and actually, it's funny. I have my Flynn's arcade hat right here. <laughs> that's so cool. I am a I'm a fuck I'm a I'm a fucking Tron geek. So <laughs> So yeah, Tron Three is coming out. Um, Dune is not. Mm. I think that's Sad it. Day. I think that's about. Yeah, I mean that'll yeah. be future homework. Yeah. But I think for my homework and for anyone else that you know wants oh, yeah. to tune in next episode, certainly read the next part of Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep by Philip K. Dick, and yep. we're gonna definitely get into you know more of the deeper ideas our our thoughts behind that and you know i am gonna watch the movie again i think i'm gonna watch that and 2049 i think before next episode that way we can kind of talk about it after we we you know finish our review of the book get into a little bit of comparing and contrasting in that Mm -hmm. yeah i'm definitely picturing harrison ford as deckard the whole time i'm listening to it so he's my deckard and yeah. no one else can be Deckard. <laughs> no one else is. He's not. He's not my in the book. He's not my Deckard. He's totally my. He's Deckard my in Deckard, the movie, but he's not my. Deckard he's in the my book. Deckard. <laughs> That's, I could see. No, you can. No, he's good. Yeah, I don't he's know. not Harrison Ford in my head for the book. Though. I can't he's picture not, anyone got, else. Who else would it be? I can't. It's not a dude. It's just kind of an amalgamation of a kind of a just a bunch of fifties noir guys. Not any one mm. dude, but just I just see a guy in a gray suit, really tatty gray suit, kind of like a shadow face, like you can't kinda, totally make out his yeah, deep, just like a, his just facial a, details. Like, some white, some white dude with like Jack Webb hair and a big square jaw, just kind of like fifties noir, B, not Bogart, <laughs> not anybody real, just kind of 
some B dude. I don't know, but I see the, I see most of it in black and white. I've got most of that movie is in or most of that book is in black and white for me. Wow. Not all, not everything, but just about all of it. The the empathy box with Mercer, that's all color. Buster's color. Um, Buster's but definitely just a, colorful. <laughs> yeah, Buster's <laughs> definitely colorful. Um, but yeah, it's just all washed out in black and white for me. Huh. I don't know. I just and gray, lots of gray, a lot of gray, just industrial. That gray might change the, the way I everything. listen to the next part of the book. Interesting. That's funny. I'm still going to picture well, Deckard, but I might picture him in black right. and white. Yeah. See, I just, it, to me, because it's just so, in a way, especially the way Brick reads it, it's just very, just very 50s. I just, I see, or 40s even, you know, like late 30s, early 40s, just very, like, there's no way this guy doesn't call women dames. There's no, like, you know, like in real life, Scott Brick has to call people dames, you know what Bunch I mean? Bunch of broads, broads yeah. you know? <laughs> Bunch of broads, you know? Like, I just, like, he's got, he, I love the way he reads it. I just, I think it's... I think his voices. I think they cast that really well. I don't mm-hmm. know that they could have cast. That, I don't know that they could have cast that better. I picture him kind of smoking a cigarette as he's reading the book too. You can, yeah, you can right, yeah. hear him inhaling yeah. and you know that kind of gritty. Yeah, and just telling the story. Yeah, uh huh. Yeah. yeah, and there's a there's a tumbler full of brown liquor on the on mm-hmm. the mic stand. You know what I mean? There's just it's there. You know, he's not hammered or nothing. He's not drinking a lot, but there's a there's a brown liquor Collins glass sitting there you know just yeah no totally in an unfiltered in an unfiltered cigarette for sure no he just <laughs> he nails it I, yeah no that's that'd be the one man you know so after a meal yeah, is uh, when a cigarette tastes best that's right mm. that's right my god uh, well yeah. in that fashion i think we're gonna kind of wrap things up for this week it's definitely yeah. been a pleasure discussing the first half of the book and uh like we said next week will be the second half and then from there, we'll go yep. on to the book that I challenged yep. you with, which mm-hmm. is going to be Old Man's War by John Scalzi. So if you have extra time, you know, definitely go in and check that out in the meantime. But we'll yeah. see you guys in another couple of weeks, uh, maybe a yeah. week. I don't know. We're we're not we'll totally sure what our time frame is yet. Yeah. But uh, kind of going that. as we – yeah, we kind of we're, – we're going as yeah. we can and – doing it as much as we can you know we both have families and other (laughs) kind of big priorities (laughs) in our lives right now so but i think it's important to kind of make time for oh yeah for yeah totally for you know something to to escape yeah it's fun it's yeah yeah it's no totally it's a part of my day that i really look forward to so i hope that you know you you guys as listeners look forward to yeah kind of coming along on this journey with us yeah totally yeah and if you guys have you know like like we keep saying if you want in let us know you Mm -hmm. know and if you got book suggestions let us know oh man totally and if you want to come on an episode yeah yeah. we'd love to have you on there yeah yeah it can be anything it doesn't have to be sci-fi it could be fantasy uh it could be Mm -hmm. fiction non-fiction if you have something that you think we'd be into something something fun and non-fiction would be fun yeah i haven't done non i haven't done non-fiction in a while I got some good nonfiction picks if we want to do that one day. I have some too I that I've some. been thinking. Yeah. yeah. For now, we'll keep it sci-fi, but yeah, no, let's keep it. It started sci-fi. We'll keep it sci-fi and bounce around there. I think we both Fantasy. have kind of. Yeah. I know I've 
I know I've got mine. It's not even my turn to give you a book. I've already got my book picked out. I was going to say, I have books picked out for you, (laughs) especially because Old Man's War was an easy one. So I got, I got stuff for you. No, I know. I know I got, well, you, I know you have an easy one coming up and I know I have a hard one coming up. So that's right. But I like that. We, we, well, not hard. Old Man's War wasn't, I wouldn't, it's, it's good. It's fun. It's a fun book. It's not as themey. It's not as jam packed. Yeah. You can't dissect a a theme from every single chapter. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. So, yeah. So, cool. That was it for this week. This has been the Holograms Media Club podcast, subject to change. And, uh, episode 2.1. 2.1, baby. We'll, <laughs> we'll be here. We hope you guys will be here with us. Yeah. And, uh, definitely check us out. We're on Facebook, on the Hologram Media Club. I think you can look us up. Yeah, well, there'll be a link in the description. Yeah, we'll throw all those links. We're on Instagram. We're going to be posting a couple of photos. I'll post some photos of my notes here and maybe a photo yeah, of my yeah. my bookshelf back here and some Star yeah. Wars collection stuff. That's right. That'd be cool. So, yeah. I could sprinkle some of my... I got some Star Wars stuff floating about. I could sprinkle in some pictures there, too. We have a TikTok, too. I got TikTok before it got banned, so I don't know if we'll upload anything to it, but we even have a TikTok, so... <laughs> we will be there (laughs) we have it there we'll have something so yeah definitely let us know what you guys are thinking and um we'll talk to you guys in a couple of weeks yeah or less sounds good (laughs) see you then excellent